Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, May the is it the sixth? It is the fifth. Wow. The fifth. Oh, it's the first yes. time you're off. How I can think. I forget Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> That's right. That's today, of course. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, she partying. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, I'm here too. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for joining us for Iron May, where we go through a couple of Iron Man stories for our main comics for uh, the podcast, our main podcast here. Right. Four weeks of Iron Man comics. Um, we did this last year with Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the year before that with Batman. So Iron Man, perfect for it. I think uh, there's a bunch of great comics and we're going to do four of them this month. Absolutely. You know, what question I have was, was Iron Man this big before all the movies? Was no. he... <laughs> Was Tony Stark like even a, a household no. name? He's no. a billionaire no, philanthropist, you know? Okay. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, he's he's at the top now. He's got a whole month to himself. Yeah. Thanks a lot to Robert Downey. Um, but yeah, before the movie, no. Like I, he, he had, of course, a long history of comic books, but... I think he was considered A minus at best. A minus? Or you can say B class? I like, was going to say B. Yeah. I was honestly more like a B. Yeah. I I mean, the movies, they, they, they push the way for the comics. They decide where things go. I mean, wasn't Cyclops like your favorite hero? X-Men was the thing at Marvel, right? Uh, I mean, X-Men, yeah. They're the number one, especially through the 90s. They're like the big Marvel team. And that's why they had like movies first. Right. But yeah, those movies were, say what you will, some good, some bad. And then Iron Man came out. And that was a hit, so that led Disney to buy out Marvel and create Marvel Studios for the films, and and they're the biggest film studio <laughs> yeah. in the business now. I think that's one thing to, to point out, that like Iron Man started this whole thing in the MCU, so it's fitting that he finally gets his, his own month, and I think it works out good. Tony deserves yeah. it. Yeah, definitely deserves it. Um, we're going to highlight a bunch of comics, but this one I wanted to do first, because it also highlights one of his biggest villains that has yet to... Um, kind of get shine through the MCU. So, I mean, you've seen the title already, but we're doing Enter the Mandarin. That's right. Yeah, we had some of some fake guy of him in the in the movies, but uh, <laughs> I think the real guy's gonna gonna come around the corner. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, before we get too deep into the comic, why don't you explain how the show works? For sure, we split it up into three bits. First up, we'll run through all the comic book news that came in this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a great comic. This time, we're doing Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. And then at the end, we'll talk about our side stories, what we've been watching, reading, or entertainment for the week. All right, let's get into the news. Amazon has been doing a lot of like comic book adaptations lately. Yeah. Um, the Boys is very popular. Yes. There's also um, Invincible has been been a splash right now. A lot of right. people I know have been talking about that. Mm-hmm. Really good show. And they have another one coming um, in the form of Image Comics Paper Girls. Paper Girls. That's a, a great Brian K. Vaughn comic and Cliff Chiang who did the uh, the artwork on that. Really good look to the to the book too. Yeah. Uh, the Paper Girls and they announced that they have cast all four of the paper girls do you want to run down the cast okay so we have sophia razinski cameron jones riley lanelet and finna straza i, believe I don't know any it. of these actresses <laughs> yeah yeah i mean 
These are like preteen girls. Is the cast? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I don't know this these these actors yet. They haven't made a name for themselves yet. Yeah, I am excited for the show though because the book is very good. And we did the book on our podcast before. Yeah, and um, I would say like. I'm eager to see how they adapt it because the book gets pretty crazy. Yeah, you think it's just these girls going on a, like a paper route, like these tough like uh, girls in the suburbs, but it turns into this weird trippy idea, time travel, otherworldliness in it that right. you did not know was going to unfold. Pretty great story and it, so many different ways you can go with it. So many different ways. I don't know how they can reach the level of how the, the book does, especially in like just one season. But like, yeah, uh, the story has a feel of like, I don't know, Back to the Future meets uh, something even crazier. (laughs) (laughs) um, It takes place in the 80s. Oh, that's right. Right. And like you said, there are four girls on a paper route delivering newspapers on bicycles. It's it's going to feel like Stranger Things at first. Yeah, you can't deny that's what they're kind of, you know, piggybacking off the hype of, right? Mm-hmm. So 80s vibe and everything, I think it's going to be their evidence. I think um, there's a market for that in, in the, the nerd culture. And I think uh, it's going to be a little more rough and tumble than that that show. Sure. Because I think these girls are like kind of tough, like they fight bullies and all that, even though mm-hmm. they're girls on a paper route. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to, to what's going to happen because Brian K. Vaughn does these stories that can just have so many options for what we can play with so i don't know he likes digging into his shows too yeah i mean he writes stories that are so like big in scale and kind of like epic but the real heart of the, each story is the characters and the characters are just like regular people who are dealing with this and they're like isolated problems it just so happens they're thrown into like these elaborate plot lines but like um i'm really excited for the show i think it's still a while away till we get to see it because they just announced the cast but um yeah i don't know like all these comic book adaptations that are happening on like netflix and amazon and hbo max i'm i'm liking all of them yeah i think most of them are pretty good uh why the last man is still i think in the works like yes yeah (laughs) recast everything and all that that's pretty big wild out there story and they still they didn't they didn't promise my favorite comic series yet. I mean, the, the, maybe it's too big of a story saga. It's yeah, I still, still think that's the one that's like too big to do. Yeah, yeah, too much, too much of a budget. Considering even all the TV shows we can do now, no one's, no one's put up the money for that yet. Which come on, just do it, just do it for me. <laughs> you got to find somebody with Disney money to do that story, and Disney has their own comics to do, so it's gonna be tough. Yeah, that's true. I'm, that might be the reason. Maybe they're just looking for someone with actual horns some with actual wings before they can put it out just but it's such a great story maybe it's it's even like why well, it's more adult than all these other stories too so that might be it yeah but i think this is going to be really cool because it's going to have four actresses as the lead do you remember um because it takes place in the 80s it reminds me of full house but like uh-huh. in the middle seasons when stephanie was like going to like middle school high school already okay yeah and she kind of like started hanging out with like the mean girl crew <laughs> that would like smoke in the bathrooms <laughs> that sounds like it could be part of any sitcom but i don't, I don't remember this one specifically well, yeah it was part of full house and she she wanted to like hang out with them even though she was like the nerdy type and then eventually she was like her grades started to drop and like the the dad was like getting mad at her because he's just hanging out with like the wrong kids right right <laughs> the bad influences and all that yeah yeah but then you learn like oh uh they're bad influences because their family life is like not as nice and as clean as theirs like they're struggling like the mom is like alcoholic or whatever and uh that kind of reminds me of paper girls <laughs> <laughs> i think those are like 
like some actual plot points in the story that we kept to find <laughs> in the comic. Uh, so yeah, you I, can just take that episode of Full House, and that's like your pilot episode for Paper Girls. Yeah, maybe throw some ninjas and cavemen in there, and you got Paper Girls. <laughs> I hope it does have that vibe of like because it's in the eighties, like a little bit more starts off like in a that style sitcomy, and then and then gets like just really crazy at the end. I could see that maybe more suburban, right? Kind of kind of chill, and it's just like a regular episode of sitcom, and then it breaks out, and then random things try to attack you. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we get to see something about this soon. Um, maybe if there's uh my guess is we'll see something around November when we have a pseudo Comic Con. Pseudo Comic Con? What is that? Is it online? Is it was it the one on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think they're still planning like an in person event on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, but okay. like, why do it that weekend? Why? There better be turkeys oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> Another comic book adaptation that I'm also interested in is coming out and it's called Sweet Tooth. Yes, this one is on Netflix. And this is something I've been looking forward to. This is a Jeff Lemire comic. Um, do you know anything about Sweet Tooth from uh, Vertigo? I know the cover. <laughs> That's it. And uh, I know it's a very popular book and I, I just, I can see the cover and it's the kind of book that I see and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, but I'm not going to read it. Okay. All right. That's fine. I was like, Daniel will read this and tell me about it. So and I will gonna happen. do that right now because I read the entire <laughs> comic actually. <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling you did. So this star, this world has these like hybrid humans and animals, right? Okay. Like uh, the main character is half deer. It's a like a little kid. Gross. Um, and he grows up in this post-apocalyptic world. So all he knows is already this post-apocalyptic world, right? Gross. Our uh-huh. society's already crumbled and he's raised by like a nurturing father. And I, the guy playing this in the show is Will Forte. That's actually, I think, perfect casting. I think it's going to work out pretty good. McGruber. McGruber. <laughs> And then um, he breaks out from his childhood home and learns like the world is a lot harder than he uh, expected. And then he's actually taken under the wing of this one guy. I think his name's like Jeopard. And he's like, a, when I pictured him, I pictured him as like a Clint Eastwood type character, like kind of okay, like a strong guy. And so they kind of navigate the world as people kind of chase him, the, the, the kid, Gus, Sweet Tooth. That's his name. And they're chasing him because he is like a half person, half animal. Yeah. Know. Exactly. There are quite a few of those in the world, but he's kind of special for a specific reason. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. the kid is younger than I expected for the, the show, so, but that makes sense because he's kind of this innocent kid. I think it's going to, it's a pretty good idea and uh, take right. on it. Yeah. You know? I think they expect hopefully the show to have multiple seasons and we'll follow the actor like growing up. So maybe that's why they went younger than normal. That makes sense. I could see that. I mean, he actually has to grow up in the story. So yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, the trailer dropped watching the trailer. It looks just like the comic from what I've seen, and uh, it creeps me out. <laughs> Good. It's surprisingly creepier in the, the story. It looks more creepy in the comic, I think, actually. Like this. Okay. <laughs> This looks like like a, the first scene is like a baby born has like a dog features on its face too. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that always freaks you out, right? Like hybrid, like uh, yes, kind of the ape freaks stuff of nature. <laughs> so that sounds like you're gonna be on the bad guy side in this world. <laughs> 
Um, so this is actually produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife oh. Susan Downey. So I don't know if that says anything, but they're attached to this. I, I've seen this kind of promo it on their Instagrams. So eh, that, that's something. So do you, from what you see in the trailer, is it pretty accurate to the book? You think it's going to be a good show? I think it's going to be a good show. Uh, I actually think it's going to be less scary than the book. Like less like, yeah. Oh, really? The book is scarier. The book is uh, not like jump scare, but kind of just like a scarier world all around. But I guess we haven't really seen like the villains really talk yet. So that could be weirder. And it's, again, a post-apocalyptic world. People are kind of savages at this point. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I see them. It seems like they're hunting them or hunt. It's almost like Walking Dead, except, it, or, or maybe it's a little closer to like a quiet place or something. It seems like okay, they're yeah. hunting the Sweet Tooth character, but he's just like an innocent kid. Kind of. That could be kind of the scenario. Um, And the idea of like hybrid animals and humans, like that can yeah. get even scarier. Do they scary. explain that? Do they explain why they're there? Why they're there at the end of the whole story. Like that's the resolution okay. of the whole so comic. So probably not, probably not in the first season. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they should either. It's just building this okay. world that's kind of crazy. Is that, that's like the big secret is why they're like that? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's the big secret. Okay. Right. It just pops in out okay. of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will check out the show. I mean, the special effects look very good to the point where I'm creeped out. But I mean, it's a popular book, so it must be a good story. I'm definitely going to check it out. It's, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. I also think it looks beautiful like because they're just in outside a lot. Like the, the nature yeah. is kind of throughout the whole thing and kind of nature overgrows the city and everything. I want to see that more in the, to look at the show. Cool. Well, we'll definitely be tuned in for that. Maybe we'll talk about it on um, either the recap show or in our side stories. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited to see when this comes out. I don't know if there's a date yet. Did you catch if there's a date yet? But it's probably sometime this year. Yeah, it's out on June 4th already. Oh, wow. Okay, that's soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, another show that's coming to now, we've talked about Amazon Prime. We've talked about True. Netflix. And, of course, we can't forget HBO Max. And they have all the DC stuff. And they're working on a Green Lantern series. And they have cast, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Finn Whitrock? Whitrock? Yes, Finn Whitrock. <laughs> Whitrock sounds like an, okay. an alien Green Lantern. <laughs> I was reading that. I was like, is that the character's name or the actor's name? <laughs> Uh, he's going to be playing Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner, right. Uh, that's kind of like the more douchebaggy Green Lantern, no, he's right? like a bro kind of oh, guy. Okay. He's like, um, they describe him here as a, like a 1980s hyper-patriotism guy, macho guy. I don't know about but that. But I think they're, they're going to like skew him a little bit, I think, to make him more likable. Okay. I could see that then. Uh, I always see him as like the angry type. Doesn't he get angry and like kind of embarrassed well, and gets angry at the Green Lanterns? I don't know. I, I, I see him as more of just like the just go do kind of guy instead yeah, okay. of like plan things out. I don't know if he's uh, – maybe he doesn't – he's not the brightest Green Lantern. <laughs> Uh, I think Guy Gardner, he's like main spotlight was on like Justice League International, that comic book story. And I never dug into that, but maybe we'll do that eventually. Uh, Guy Gardner. Yeah, I remember him from all the cartoons. He's always uh, like the side Green Lantern. We'll see. See what he's really like on the show, though. I wonder if he's the main character. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think he might be the main character. Or if there is a main character of the show, it feels like they're going to be doing a bunch of Green Lanterns. They're even planning to cast uh, the first like human Green Lantern, Alan Scott, uh, and they said that's going to be announced sometime soon. But the first one they did was Guy Gardner. I feel like they're not. I think they already said they're not going to do Hal Jordan or John Stewart. 
work. I think they want to save those for the movies. Right. Because those are like the two most popular Green Lanterns. Um, so they should be in the movies. But Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, those guys are the ones next up. So I feel like those guys are going to be like the stars of the show. But I also feel like it might be like an anthology series. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe we follow one Green Lantern and they're the like one we're following for the episode. And right. it kind of works out when these Green Lanterns have their own sector and everything. And you mm. you patrol this section of the universe, I guess, galaxy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they divide um, it. Finn Wittrock, he's from American Horror Story. Have you ever seen him on anything before? I've seen him on The Big Short. Do you remember that? He was. That's where I've seen yes, him. Yes, yes, yeah. He was one of the guys that was like the like new um, new guys to the finance, whatever the the field yeah. is, and then is that like figured it out? Yeah. So that's why I was like, I'm questioning shit. This guy, be Guy Gardner. I don't. I haven't seen him in other things i know he's in like ratchet also the uh one who flew over the cuckoo's nest spin-off tv oh, series yeah. yeah nurse ratchet yeah. yeah okay i haven't seen any of those yeah and <laughs> i don't know i don't know much about him he's in the big short but he's not like the main guy in the big short either yeah. so uh we'll see i like really care about is if he gets the haircut right it's the haircut. most important thing what is that is this like a caesar haircut kind of it's like a bowl cut it's like oh. straight up like just a Christmas, Christmas, uh, Christmas, Lloyd Christmas haircut. <laughs> that's a that's a decision. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. If he doesn't get the haircut right, this show is. I don't care about the show at all. Like it's garbage. It's a drop for me. No, no. <laughs> I got a lot of shows to watch. What about like Alan Scott though? Is he going to be like their like father figure, you know, tutoring these maybe two runner ups? Uh, also, how they connect him to, he's kind of a separate Green Lancer. He's not of the same right. ilk, I guess. I, I think they're going to just forget that because in the comics, oh. he's from like a, a different multiverse, but I think they're just going to like put them all in one so that it doesn't get too confusing. But like I said, if, if it was going through an anthology where each we follow different guard, uh, Green Lantern each episode and then maybe by the finale it crosses over or we see how it really connects that'd be kind of cool so if there's one that's like really old school and it's the Alan Scott one and then maybe one that's like in the 80s and uh, that's Guy Gardner and then maybe one that's in like the 90s where that's could be Kyle Rayner oh yeah like a and then maybe one in the 2000s where it's like Jessica Cruz that'd be kind of cool that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah different timelines and all merged together I like that I guess you're in space you can't really tell what year it is right <laughs> you just have to look at what type of uh like costume they're wearing and you can kind of tell like if they're wearing a red cape it's it's the old one okay i can see that uh yeah i don't know i i have high hopes for this i like green lantern we have not got enough of him in the movies i guess we we got got ryan reynolds and we could do away with yeah. that but i mean like we got enough we got enough of that <laughs> With the Justice League that we know of right now, the current adaptation, we yeah. he didn't get a spotlight. We got his logo and everything, but not him. I, I heard a rumor. I don't even know if it's true or if it's from a reliable source, but like in the Snyder cut at the end, huh? um, like I think it was like Hal Jordan was supposed to like crash land uh, from like deep space and be like, he's coming or something like that. Oh, like like Thanos? Like like what uh, yeah. Bruce Banner did in Infinity War? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be in Justice League or Justice League 2 where like Hal Jordan shows up and he's like he's coming or whatever he was already but, up there okay yeah and he's talking about Dark Side, but yeah uh, it doesn't matter because that universe is probably not going to happen anymore <laughs> you think that's kaput 
I yeah. mean, I know they had, um, they recorded the deleted scene Snyder put out recently on his Twitter. They had, a, I think, a John Stewart Green Lantern deleted scene. Oh, really? That they filmed in his driveway, in Zack Snyder's driveway, in a green screen. What? Yeah, green screen, <laughs> in the outside and everything. Um, but yeah, it wasn't attached to the, the, the final cut. How can they film a green screen with a Green Lantern? Is the costume <laughs> messed up? <laughs> Uh, maybe it wasn't a green screen. Maybe that's just already rendered to be green. I don't know. Maybe he, he has to wear a different color and then they like in post change it to green. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe it's actually, the actor's not actually black. It's actually John Stewart from The Daily Show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, I'm excited for all these shows. Three great shows coming to three different um, streaming platforms. Yeah. So like, it's kind of crazy how like comics is just like invading everything. Yeah, seeping into all of our culture, and uh, of course, getting into the streaming wars. Yeah, and I, I'm not mad about it. It's just more content for us. So I'm glad. <laughs> more shows for and, our recap. Uh, yeah, definitely. And you could catch that recap by subscribing to the Reader Copy Podcast. Um, don't forget uh, hit the subscribe like that way we'll be in your feed every week and you won't miss either of our shows definitely and um, you know share with your friend if they are comic fans if they like watching comic TV shows like the, all the ones we talked about um, share our Instagram Facebook and Twitter we're at the reader copy podcast alright it is time let's get started with our first installment of Iron May with Iron Man Enter the Mandarin I'm not a grammar expert, All right. nor do I claim to be, but uh, let me know if you have the answer to my question. Let's hear it. Um, Batman, one word. Spider-Man, hyphenated. Yeah, true. Iron Man, two words. Why is it like that? Uh, well, because iron is not an animal, right? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> Why is Batman, one word, and Spider-Man, hyphenated? Because uh, I... Th- Spider-Man, Batman. <laughs> Why is Iron Man two words? I think two words makes sense. Like it should be that way for all the words, for all the names. So Batman should be two words. Yeah, I think that's wrong. Well, because Iron is the adjective, right? But Bat, is that an adjective? It's not. What it's about a thing. Superman? Superman. That's a one word, right? That's wrong. Yeah, that's for word. sure wrong. That's for sure wrong? I think so. I'd say. I have no idea. How about the name of this book? If you read it as a sentence, Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. That sounds like a totally different book from the story <laughs> <laughs> well it's technically it's iron man enter colon the mandarin so he's <laughs> no <laughs> that's what it's called no <laughs> uh. <laughs> um yeah that's the story we're doing today yes. it's the first one uh for iron may and i chose this because um one i feel like the mandarin is considered iron man's like greatest foe and he was not in any of his movies pretty much yeah i mean he was definitely highlighted in the cartoon right as like the main villain all right okay yes um and we know the mandarin is finally going to enter the mcu through the shang chi movie which the trailer just dropped so why not talk about the mandarin and iron man at the same time yeah yeah enter the ten rings let's do it this comic that we're doing is a limited series that came out back in 2007, and it is, uh, I believe, a six-issue run. And it's actually a retelling of the original Enter the Mandarin story that was in Tales of Suspense number, I think it's like 50 to 53 or something like that. To 55. 55? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that was way back in uh, 1964. Wow. But this is a cool retelling of it. It's like more stylized. Um, the art is what really got me to pick this book. 
Oh really? Yeah, what's uh, what's the artist Eric Conte? Like we've yeah. seen his work before. Yeah, it, it's I have never seen his work before. This is the oh, first time really? I've seen it, and I don't know much about him. Um, it reminds me of Black Science. Do you remember that book, yeah. Black Science? I could see that. Yeah, um, that is by a different artist, as Matteo Scalera, but um, it's a similar style in this like pop art deco, mm. uh, reminiscent of the fifties comics of fifties style, uh, a la Dick Tracy. Oh really? Shadow Rocketeer that style of of, of um, especially like the patterns in the background and stuff looks like that yeah yeah it's going for that industrialist uh persona in tony stark so i can see that too it's like a bit more sketchy right right um it is written by joe casey uh joe casey is a comic book artist he's done a lot of work for marvel uh he's done cable uncanny x-men but he's also worked in pretty much all the other major comic book publishers um for dc he's worked on on the wildstorm comics oh okay and Adventures of Superman. He's worked on... Let me know if you know this show, because he's worked on an animated series as well. And ironically enough, he worked on it with the artist of this comic, um, Eric. Have you heard of the show Ben 10? Yes. Yeah, it's a good show. It's another superhero, actually. He is one of the creators of Ben 10. Oh, awesome. Wow. <laughs> I watched multiple series of Ben 10. Not the, not the... There's multiple series of Ben 10? Yeah. <laughs> There's 10? No, no, no. It's like... I think it's like a reboot, kind of, but same kind of, you know, premise, same family members in it and main guy, I guess. I guess the art style is similar, maybe not as abstract as the comic is, but like the the comic, the action, like it, it looks like you could see the movement in the still images. Totally. Yeah. I could see like the, the action, the things kind of going really fast. You can kind of see that the right. way he sketches it. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is just a retelling of the story from Sales of Suspense over back in 1960. 19- 60s uh it's really just the introduction of the mandarin to the marvel comics and being like an iron man foe where it's kind of like you know machine versus magic oh right okay ancient versus the modern type of thing right cool, yeah. cool. um it starts off in the 1950s and we see the mandarin himself uh, this is before he was quote unquote the Mandarin. He was just like this explorer guy, mm-hmm. and he believed that he had this destiny to become this great leader. And he even um, thinks that he's a descendant of Genghis Khan. That's why it's like in his blood to be this great ruler. Okay, if you say that, I think like isn't like two thirds of the world a descendant of Genghis Khan? I mean, who's to say? <laughs> Are we all descendants from the same person? There you go. Yeah, King's Khan. <laughs> um, and he's on this mission, uh, and it's almost like uh, he's in the Himalayas or something like that, where he's shimmying the face of this cliff in like the snow. It's like something from Uncharted, and he's searching for something, and he's like looking down at this valley, and this is like during a snowstorm, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, and in the valley, are, like surrounded by these jagged mountains, where no one else would go there. He sees an alien rocket ship. Okay, this alien rock ship. It's face down. It's crashed. And it looks like it's been there for a while now. And he enters it. And he says like he's like scared, but he must keep going. It's like his destiny. Yeah. He passes by like what would be like the controls of it, like the cockpit. And we see this alien life form almost dead and decayed for like centuries now. 
but like he's sitting at the the control center and it almost looks like the alien from aliens yeah like that big exoskeleton but it's just the remnants of that as he's navigating like these like impossible colors inside of this alien spaceship trying to get to the core of it and it's just like this big bright light he's getting closer and closer it's like brighter and brighter and he's just like knows that it's like the superpower that he's trying to reach and I can just see, like, if this was a movie, like, the sound is getting louder and louder, and he's just reaching his hand out towards the light, and it's just so bright that it kind of just cuts, and it's, like, decades later, and we're in modern time now, and we see Tony Stark. He's waking up from a night of you're just debauchery, because he's, like, spent, <laughs> right? He's got his shirt open, just waking up to the sunlight. He's got a woman in his bed, and he's, like, got to be hangover right now. Yes. Um, at this time, it is known in this, like, comic universe mm-hmm. that Tony Stark is, like, the super rich billionaire guy, owner of Stark Industries. And um, not like in the movies, though. They don't know. The world doesn't know that he is Iron Man. Right. They just believe it's a, one of his bodyguards in the Iron Man suit. And Iron right. Man is an Avenger, though. Yes. They know Iron Man is an Avenger, but they think Iron Man works for Tony Stark as, like, a, a bodyguard. And Iron Man, like, created... or Tony start created like the iron man suit for him or whatever right and um he's going to work now he's leaving his date who is like this supermodel right Mm -hmm. and he's going to work we see uh, a couple of regulars we see happy hogan and we see pepper Potts. and happy hogan is uh, a little more chummy than the john favreau style happy hogan yeah he's more of a kind of a galoot you know he's like hey how's it going boss you know (laughs) (laughs) he was like a bow tie totally and Tony and Pepper, they're not like a thing in this in this story yet. Yeah, that happens so fast in the movies. Right, yeah. She is still just like his assistant kind of thing, right? Totally, right. Um, and he's there like walking in and they're all just like telling him like, yeah, you got to do this, you got to do that. But then Pepper's like, there's also a message from S.H.I.E.L.D. marked urgent, right? But they don't want to talk to Tony. They want to talk to Iron Man. Of course. They don't even know that Tony's in the suit. Um, But hours later, so we're at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and they're talking about the mission they have for Iron Man based in China. Right. And they're saying like, this is kind of like a need to know basis. We don't need like all the Avengers on this. We just need Iron Man. And we just want you to do some recon on this guy named the Mandarin. And we feel like he is doing, because he's like a warlord over there. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying like, he's using his power to like control politics over there. And we don't want that to happen. Like he's using his um, influence to change the government over there. Yeah. Yes, it could grow to something bigger, maybe become a world power. So let's kind of see what's going on over there uh, in the shadows. Don't be too loud about it. And we meet up right. with the Mandarin in his gigantic temple-like lair. And he's like, you know, in a green robes now. Still looks like what he's, he looked like decades ago and his right. 10 rings on his hands. And he's talking to some generals from like the, I'm guessing this is like the Chinese government, right? And they're pretty much saying like, oh, we need your help or whatever. Um, we're here to like kind of like make a deal with you. And, and he's like, I'm not even scared of the government. I'm not even scared of you guys, the military, whatever. Like, I know you're here because you need me and I don't really need you. But let's hear what you have to say. And he like opens his gate to his balcony. And it's like he has his own section of like this world that no one knows about that he kind of like rules himself. Yeah. like right? it's, it's like isolated to, to him. Whole wall off city 
of uh, like this old Chinese town. It's like all his, and he's just the ruler of it, uh, high on his castle. And the the generals are pretty much asking like for to be allies with him, right? Yeah, yeah. They do see him as like like this myth, like this legend, like the Mandarin right. is this old tale that the the people talk about. And they're like, you know, we'd feel a lot better if we could say like the Mandarin is like aligned with us. And Mandarin's like, uh, I don't know, maybe I don't really like you guys anyway. Um, I'm not gonna like commit to it yet. And then. And the general's like, well, we were told not to take no for an answer. <laughs> and then this just pisses off the man. And he's like, is that like a threat? And then he does just turns around and uses his powers of the Ten Rings and just like blows up these generals like off the balcony. They just go flying off. Uh, nowhere to be seen again. The Ten Rings, um, I don't know if you've explained this before, but like they each have like their own different power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they look like the Lucky Charms symbols in each ring. <laughs> they're um, in this interpretation. They're just like all gold, but from what I've right. seen in the old days, they're kind of rainbow colored. Yeah, it's like blinged out. Yeah, bling bling. But um, so they're all different powers. But I think you can, like use them all together as like just like this big explosive power of energy. Yeah, totally. So that is why he's like a threat to anyone, right? Because he's just kind of like has too much power. So Shield now is gonna send Iron Man to check him out. They're in like one of those um, stealth bomber planes, right? Yeah, Nighthawk. And instead of like a missile that's in the like the you know where the missile comes out of like a jetliner where like it kind of like opens the floor and it just falls down where it drops like a trap door, right? Yeah, it's that mechanism, but it's not a missile. It's Iron Man in there. <laughs> he's just in that little like area and he's like buckled up in, but they're gonna drop him out from the bottom. So they drop him out and he's just like falling. down down um and he has to like get lower than the radar so no one can detect him so once he's like under the radar he like uses jets to like fly in yeah and he is now at like in front of the palace of the mandarin remember this is like this isolated area and it is like this like grand kingdom almost it's uh on the outskirts of the jungle seeing these big um temples that he's trying to get into and the only way to get inside the main area is through the sewer system so he's so he's going through just the sewers and he looks up and right in front of him is the mandarin ready to fight <laughs> he, he was like ready for him like he knows iron man's coming for some reason and using his 10 rings he just blasts him and iron man's like fighting back with his like repulsor rays um also i don't know if we mentioned this this iron man is like the iron man with like the pointy ear mask one you know what i'm talking about yes this is i think is my favorite um iron man costume with the pointy um I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of almost like a Wolverine type pointy head shape, um, but with just the red in the middle, right? It's because right. his outfit almost looks like it's like pajamas, the way it's attached to his body. <laughs> and like he has like these like almost like shoulder pads, but like just like the hub rings around his shoulders. And then like um, the yellow arms with like the lines of circles around the arm and like the eye holes where you could see his pupils. <laughs> oh, yes. It's not the full on black shadows behind it, right? Yeah. It, it does. Look, it's, so, it's like Bender. <laughs> It's like Bender. It's definitely the old school Iron Man costume, which is, it's cool. Timeless. And he's fighting um, the Mandarin. The Mandarin, like, this is his house, though. He knows what to do, and he's beating up Iron Man. He's just thinking, like, this is magic versus uh, machine, right? And he's just tossing him out there. He's, how dare you go into my lair to try and infiltrate us? 
I, I see I saw you from a mile away. Iron Man is like knocked out and captured. He's thrown into like this vault prison where it has like you know those like motion detector lasers. It's like all around. Like he has nowhere to go. Huh. And he's knocked out. And meanwhile the Mandarin is like studying him. Like he's watching all these videos about Iron Man and news reports and like he's like learning about Iron Man, how to defeat him. Right. Iron Man was the bodyguard of, of this rich guy in America, Tony Stark and how he's connected to him and um, they even try to get into his suit but all of the uh, subjects of the Mandarin just get electrocuted as they try to get into <laughs> Iron Man's suit. So Iron Man finally wakes up. He's in this vault, right? And to get out to like disarm the lasers all he does is he puts his finger on the ground and like this sends like an electric pulse throughout the whole room and like knocks out all like the cameras and the lasers like a big like emp it just knocks out all the right. cameras on him and uh, he can break out of his little cell there and this pisses off the mandarin he's like oh man uh this guy's escaping i'm not gonna let him leave um prepare my battle robes Ooh. so like now he has like all these servants like dressing him <laughs> But he's wearing like now his like uh, it almost looked like samurai armor. Yes, yes, and it's his green motif again. And he's like ready to fight as Iron Man tosses all these guards. The he breaks into the uh, fighting zone that they're in. Yeah, it's almost like this small like dome that they're in now, where Iron Man has like entered through the wall and emerging from like the ground elevator is the Mandarin, and it looks like just the two of them are are in like this heated battle. They're using the magic. Uh, Mandarin's using like his rings. Iron Man is using like all his repulsors and stuff. Um, one of the rings that Mandarin has, I guess it has like the power of ice because he like freezes Iron Man there for a second. Yes, yeah, stops him in his tracks so that he can use his other ring to shoot out some fire from his fist and kind of erupt that straight in Iron Man's face. Iron Man uses like his chest blaster thing, which is like I think the most powerful one. Chest blast. And he like, knocks him out. But Mandarin is like also like hand to hand combat trained. So like he's actually just like beating up Iron Man without any magic, just like smashing his face with his elbows so the mandarin can kind of conjure up all these different types of magic huge lights coming out of his fist um just tossing everything he can at iron man and iron man tumbles to the ground like his suit half off his his face almost revealed and he's really beat up now i like this part because like iron man's on the ground and mandarin's like about to like jump on him so iron man uses like the rockets under his feet yeah to like blast him away <laughs> And he's on fire now, like the Mandarin's on fire. So he like flips around and hits Iron Man with another like energy blast. And it's just like beating up Iron Man to the point where, like you said, like his mask is falling apart. His armor's all coming off. So he has no choice and he has to activate like the emergency escape protocol or whatever. Where, like all his energy is just put into the jetpack to like blast out of there. And he just like rockets out of the ceiling. And it's so strong that like his the Mandarin's like palace is almost like destroyed. Yeah, and he just goes flying back all the way back to America, back into his his lab, um, just kind of emergency crashing into the middle of his lab, like hours and hours later. It's just spent. And has like all those like robot arms that are like trying to like take the suit off of him and it's like peeling the helmet off and as it's peeling like you see his face is all swollen and like saliva is like sticking to the faceplate and it's running like all these tests on him and it's like he barely survived all the motor oil dripping out of it and 
he's he's not doing anything just the machine's just tearing these pieces off because it's almost i don't know like melted to him almost because he's really just spent tired the mandarin now is like pissed his his palace is destroyed um he says like iron man cheated death like he's a coward and he's saying like i'm not gonna let this slide i'm gonna go after his boss tony stark and uh i'm gonna awaken one of our like u.s sleeper agents so he has like people even in america oh wow this guy's got powers everywhere we catch up i start industries pepper Potts is in for the day and she's surprised to see tony stark in his chair but he's all beat up he's got bandages all over but uh he's wide awake kind of ready for the work day remember like they don't know that he's iron man so they're just like weird like why is he all bandaged up and he just used an excuse like oh it's a lab accident and yeah. uh you know pepper and, and happy hogan they're just kind of like something's off with the boss today so we cut to Greenwich Village in New York and we find out that the Mandarin has sent some of his like henchmen crew to like hire the sleeper agent to go attack uh, Tony Stark. And the henchman guy, he almost looks like he's from like Umbrella Academy. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's got like this uh, one glass eye where it's like all white. Oh. And then like almost like a Hulk Hogan haircut where it's like poofed up though. It's like a where Albert like, Einstein. Yeah, like he's bald on top, but like the hair that grows on the side is all like sticking out. <sighs> Such a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks cool. And he's talking to this guy named Ebenezer Lafton. And apparently this guy is like a former criminal that they're trying to like get him back into uh, doing their deeds, which is like kill Tony Stark. Yeah, this guy, he's he's retired now. He's in the theater. He's like, I'm just like an acrobat now. When before he was like this contortionist thief that would like... Um, you know, sneak in into like bank vaults, like uh, like in Ocean's Eleven, that one guy that was right. sneak in, that kind of whole deal. And they're like, you're going to be a new incarnation of what you used to be. And they have this suitcase and they open it and they have a costume for him. And it is a scarecrow. Now, this is not Batman scarecrow. Are you this sure? Marvel scarecrow, but it looks just like it. He <laughs> was just like it with that whole uh, raggedy scarecrow mask and rope around the neck right and we're at stark tower now tony remember he's like beat up he can barely walk but they hear an alarm in like the server room so him and happy go there to check it out and it's weird because like inside the server room is a bunch of crows oh what calling card for somebody it is that scarecrow person just trying to steal some stark intel once they see that um there's an intruder happy tells tony like run away and tony runs out and happy's trying to capture the scarecrow guy but like you said like He's like this acrobatic type of villain. And he's like just like jumping over Happy and like choking him from behind and like just doing all these things. And Hogan can like barely get a hand on him. Yeah, he says like, you know, double jointed. Imagine that times five. He's that flexible. (laughs) Now, Tony wasn't running to escape. He was running to go get his armor. And he unlocks his armor, and it is still just like patchworked. There's like uh, metal plates that are covering up the holes where it ripped off when he fought Mandarin. So he shows up, barely able to walk still, and his Iron Man armor <laughs> is not like looking brand new. Yeah. But he's there, and he's trying to like defeat uh, Scarecrow. But Scarecrow is like Iron Man's like shooting him, and Scarecrow is like dodging all like the blasts that he's shooting. He's doing like helicopter kicks, taking out Happy and <laughs> Iron Man at the same time. And, you know, this, uh, 
He's got the upper hand, so he calls his crows. He can control the crows somehow and points them at Iron Man. And Iron Man goes flying out the window. And he's falling. His, like, rockets don't work yet. And he falls straight down to, like, the carport garage. And he, like, crashes down. And the Scarecrow gets away. So he meets up again with the Mandarin's, like, connect. And he's giving him the data that he stole from Stark. And uh, it's on, it's on like, what? what is this, a mini-disc drive? <laughs> I don't even, I don't think I've ever held a mini-disc. It's just a mini-disc? It's like a CD, but with plastic around it to make it a what? disc. <laughs> like, it's so, like, weird. Okay. It's like a zip drive. <laughs> I was going to ask, is it like a GameCube disc? But I guess not. It's like a, what do you call those? Uh, the PlayStation Vita discs? Oh, PSP discs? P- <laughs> PSP discs, kind of okay. like that. All right. Where it is a CD, but it's encased in plastic. I get. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the technology that Tony uses, so it must be good. It must be good. <laughs> and they're pretty much um, copying the data. Um, but this, once they like inject it into the computer to like copy it, yeah, it like puts a signal out to Tony, like, oh, this is where they're at. So Iron Man, all of a sudden, is like flying down there. They're on like this yacht. And he just like crashes into their uh, meeting there. So Iron Man's got the upper hand. He uses his big repulsor ray to kind of just like surprise everybody. And he uses his little finger to shoot out a zap and take out the uh, Mandarin subject there, asking for who he works for. And he'd rather die than say who he works for, which it's obvious he works for the Mandarin. But he does this thing where like, it's almost like this gas that he swallows and it's like escaping his mouth and he dies. Yeah. It's almost like a cyanide pill or something like Uh that, right? But regardless, the data had already been like transferred so tony's kind of like too late we're back now with the mandarin and it's almost like he's back to where he came from where it was like high in the himalayas where it was like hella snowy yeah and he's returning to i guess a temple that he left there and he's got all these like um people with him that are like bringing um a bunch of the gear and they're like covered in like these big thick coats and all these like boots and equipment and the mandarin is like wearing his normal stuff like this weather does not affect him anymore yeah these aren't even his battle ropes they're just his like lounge around robes as he's <laughs> yeah. going back to the Himalayas, freezing cold, opening these big doors into the temple. And um, these acolytes are saying, oh, how dare you step on these sacred stones, sacred temple? How dare you be here? Not knowing this is the Mandarin himself. Right. Once they see him, they're like, oh, sorry, we didn't know it was you. It's because he hasn't been there in like decades, right? Mm-hmm. But he has returned. And what he's returned for is what they call like um, the flesh of his flesh. Oh, what? <laughs> And in prison there is the Mandarin's son. What? Okay. Now, I guess he's kept him there because, like, you might be useful later on. You might be worthy enough to, like, be my uh, apprentice or successor one day. And until then, like, he was, like, almost like a prisoner in this temple. The acolytes talk about how the son kind of has a mind of his own. He doesn't uh, openly obey his father. And he's not just... Because they still don't really have a relationship. He's just been locked away there, too. Exactly. But the Mandarin has the 10 rings and he uses one of those rings to like brainwash his son like control him and he says like you're gonna be like a rogue agent and i'm gonna send you to america um kind of like undercover a couple days later now that son is hired as a like a janitor at stark industries so now that he has 
like a position in Stark Industries. This gives him access. And what he does is he waits till the middle of the night. And somehow he gets into Tony's office. And he's waiting for Tony there, right? And it's like a rainy night. And finally, Tony gets to his office. And it's weird because, like, this is Tony Stark where he still has the thing in his chest, right? Where yes. he, he needs it to survive. And he needs to plug that in to recharge. <laughs> like you charge your phone in at night. It's the same thing. <laughs> So he has to sit at his desk and plug that in and wait for that to recharge. So he's kind of like stuck at his desk. <laughs> and while he's just sitting there, um, the sun shows up out of the shadows and he has a, a gun and he points it straight at Tony and he fires right at his chest. The sun realizes Tony has got this metal plate right where his torso is and he realizes, oh, Tony is Iron Man this whole time and he has this big secret now. Right. So he knows something that look, no one else knows. And he says, okay, that chest plate saved you from the bullet. So I will make sure not to shoot there again. Yeah. So he's about to shoot him in the head. But Iron Man uses his chest armor thing to like project almost like a blinding light. And this gives time for Tony to like grab a suitcase and unplug his <laughs> battery and get out of there. He goes running down the hallway and jumps down the elevator chute just grabbing the elevator cable. The son, uh, um, the Mandarin son is following him and he's like firing his gun at him. He like dives uh, down the elevator shaft too, grabbing the rope. So now him and Tony are like fighting while like holding on to elevator cables. It's like uh, like a Mission Impossible scene or something. Yeah, high risk right now. Tony's not in his suit. The sun fires up app at Tony and accidentally shoots the briefcase handle and the suit of armor. The Iron Man suit just falls down the elevator shaft. Remember, like Iron Man would keep his armor in a like a briefcase. Yeah, that was <laughs> his whole thing. It around <laughs> just like iron man too but imagine that but like that's always how he has his armor yeah it's also not as high tech as it is in the movie it's kind of in a <laughs> suitcase you can get at the store so all the suitcase like it's falling down with all the iron man armor in it so as it's falling down the elevator shaft past them um tony activates it like almost like a self-destruct and it creates this big explosion at the bottom of the elevator shaft and tony jumps out of the way and all the cables break and now he's like on the ledge and he's looking and it looks like the sun like dies there like there's no evidence of him at all just perished and it's like days later now tony's like fully recovered finally but once again he's being like summoned by shield this is one of the new directors now talking about um, kind of the mess he made of the whole Mandarin deal, how he kind right. of, it was supposed to be covert reconnaissance, but <laughs> they went to the all out fight, exploding everything. And the director also shows off this satellite that the Mandarin or some by is kind of taking control of. And it's actually Stark industry technology. Right. Remember, Scarecrow stole like that information. So now the Mandarin is using that to like control satellites, Stark Energy satellites, which are used by Shield. So Tony's like, "Get me to a terminal. I'll." It's like a hack off. It's called <laughs> a hackathon. Oh, it's a, it's a hackathon. Yeah, <laughs> where they're both like Tony's at Shield headquarters trying to stop the hack, while uh, the Mandarin is back at his place with his scientists, and they're trying to like take control of the satellite. And they're both like, it's like this intense typing right now. Angrily typing, sweating down their foreheads. It's intense. Let me tell you. It's like um, 
social network. Do you remember that one scene mm-hmm. where they're just yeah. on their computers yelling? And the Mandarin's scientist guy actually manages to take control of it. And then the Mandarin's like, welcome to Facebook. And then he <laughs> hires him. And Tony is pissed. Like, he's been outsmarted. He, like, smashes the keyboard into the monitor. He's like, I can't believe I lost, <laughs> right? He's supposed to be, like, this genius. Yeah, he rage quits right there. Yeah. But this only makes him more mad because he's like, I'm going to finally beat the Mandarin. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to build a brand new armor suit. Oh, nice. And here's a montage of him making the suit, etching out the metal plating out of hard steel and uh, all getting fabricated and new outfit on. Armor at 216%. It's just like um, the montage in Iron Man 1. Do you remember that? Totally. Where he's just like getting pissed and he's like, he's like screwing the arm gauntlet tighter and tighter. He's like, oh, I, can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. And you hear that pew, pew. <laughs> and it's the next generation of Iron Man armor now. Now the only real difference is not it's not pointy ears, pointy at the face. Now it's like curved downward, like he has like a widow's peak haircut. Yes, you, you guys know the the armor we're talking about here. More, I don't know, aerodynamic. I think. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Back now at the Himalayas, and we see the Mandarin's son had survived. Oh, what? But he's all bandaged up from the explosion. Like, his face is all burnt up. And the Mandarin's like, you know, I thought you could be my successor or whatever, but you suck. You're a failure. Disgrace. Disgrace to the name, the Mandarin. (laughs) (laughs) And the son is like, in his head, he's like, I don't even care who you are or whatever. You're a sucky dad. <laughs> I I have this secret that I know who Iron Man really is, but I'm not even going to tell you, right? Because you don't deserve it. And the Mandarin uses his rings to, like, men in black erase his memory. Yeah, just, like, whitewash his whole brain. And he was like, in his head, is like, Stark is Iron Man, Stark is Iron Man. But then once the Mandarin uses, like, the rings, it's like, blank. He has, like, no expression. So that's almost like his revenge to his dad is like, I didn't tell you the big secret. So Iron Man with his new suit of armor, he's traveling all the way to China. Um, it's funny what he's on right now. It's like this big missile, but it's attached to him like a jetpack. And he's just <laughs> zooming all the way to China. He gets there, but he doesn't approach them as Iron Man. He puts his suit away in his suitcase, in his briefcase, and he shows up there in front of the palace as Tony Stark. Just a man, just kind of a, a, a regular guy, and he's surrounded by all of the Mandarin's guards, spears in hand, pointed at him. Um, such a weird thing. The man was like, okay, this is Iron Man's boss, Tony Stark. Weird of him to come here. And it's weird because he goes there to try to like talk to the Mandarin and he's there almost like a, a representative and he's saying like, you like have all this power, but you stole it and it's my tech that you stole. So I'm not going to let you just do that. Right. But the Mandarin doesn't care and he captures Tony and he even sentences him to an execution. Oh, that's like a chopping block. And he's being like, he's handcuffed now and he's being escorted down and it's in this room where like you said, like he has to like lay down his head and they're just going to cut off his head. Yes. This sumo wrestler executioner guy has this gigantic axe ready to chomp down on his neck but right when he like picks up the axe and he's like has it over his head tony kicks the guy in the nuts (laughs) (laughs) and as the axe comes down he aims it right at um the chains that are handcuffed tony so now tony is is cut free and he just like knocks out this executioner sumo guy so all of the mandarin's scientists try to break into tony's suitcase right his uh, briefcase and it's like science stuff it's no one's getting in there 
So Tony, he just has to uh, get past all the guards to get back into his suitcase. And he goes in like open arms as he surprises the guards. And the guards notice, oh, Tony is Iron Man. They realize it too. And he just shoots his gigantic repulsor chest ray at them. He finally gets to his briefcase. It's his suit. Um, meanwhile, um, the Mandarin is putting on his like battle armor suit because he's about to like start a war. He's like controlling all like the nukes in the world through oh, the satellite. Wow. And out of nowhere, Iron Man shows up to stop him. And it's cool because now they have like a, a, it's like a rematch, but the Mandarin is like ready for him. He has like this cool ass sword and like these like turrets that come out of the ground and are like trying to like electrocute Iron Man. Oh, so the Mandarin is using science too. And <laughs> I mean, pick, pick a side here. It's this really cool fight sequence. Um, Iron Man, this is like his new armor, right? So he's ready, but... The Ten Rings, like, they have so much different powers. Like, one of them now is, like, he's using, like, this black smoke to, like, cloak everything. And Iron Man can't see um, where the Mandarin is. And then, like, the columns that are holding up the, the palace. Yeah, the pillars. The pillars. Like, those have, like, machines in them, too. And, like, they open up. And it's, like, these metal, almost, like, metal ribbons that tie up Iron Man. So now he's all tied up in the middle of the room. And the Mandarin there is, like, all of a sudden, like, standing in front of him with all his Ten Rings, like, about to, like, kill him. Iron Man is, is in the center, captured there, all bandaged up. He can't get anywhere. And the Mandarin just goes into his monologue about how uh, this was destiny, right? This was meant to happen. But it's almost like Iron Man wanted to be caught in this situation because, remember, he's, like, tied up to all, like, the pillars in the room. And he uses, like, his feet jetpack to, like, blast off. And now he's, like, pulling the columns with him to the point where, like, he destroys the columns and now the roof is, like, collapsing in. And he's, like, flying back. He's, like, free now. And the Mandarin's, like, trying to blast him with his rings, but he dodges it. And it's, like, a jetpack tackle down to the, the Mandarin. So the Mandarin's kind of desperate now. He just had the roof fall on top of him. So he decides to use the satellite he has control over. And he thinks he wants to crash that straight into Beijing of any places. Like, right. to prove a point. To make some type of force <laughs> of power. So he activates the satellite. The satellite, it's weird because the satellite itself is going to go crash down. Yeah. Right? Because that's all he can control now. And he's blasting Iron Man. Iron Man is, is like dodging all these hits, but everything around him is like falling apart. And there's no time to like continue fighting the Mandarin. He has to go stop that satellite. So he like blasts out of there. And it's a really cool shot. I love it when you ever see Iron Man's close up face and you see the reflection on his mask. Oh, yeah. And you see like the <laughs> huge fire in his face. And it's just the reflection. And he has to like fly to Beijing. Now he's pissed that it's almost like the first time they fought, Iron Man had to like quit and escape. And now, in a way, this is is the mandarin giving up because he activates the satellites meaning iron man has to leave so it's he knows that the Mandarin didn't want to like keep fighting him yeah he wanted a, a way out a distraction right so the iron man has to it's kind of like an uh, avengers one he goes up next to the satellite that's like crashing from space and he's trying to like just like move it and like get it away so he's like using all his energy and his rockets to like detour the satellite away from hitting Earth. And he gets the satellite past the clouds all the way near up into open space. And he uses his repulsors on his feet to uh, shoot off it. And the satellite goes flicking towards the sun. Iron Man returns to the Mandarin's palace, um, but it's almost like evacuated. No one's there. The Mandarin's gone. It's just rubble. And Iron Man, like, you can still see his pupils through his mask. <laughs> it's still that style. And he just looks pissed that the Mandarin, like, I want to say, like, outsmart him but like gave up and quit right got away yeah and we're back now it's like days later iron man is at 
at uh or tony now is back at his like office and he's just still pissed that like the mandarin got away mm-hmm. and he knows now that the mandarin is still out there he's gonna come back even stronger so he has to be ready so he's like preparing his armor and like trying to like come up with new ways to defeat the mandarin who we now see has returned oddly enough to the alien spaceship where he got his powers so the mandarin he's just kind of contemplating to himself there's no more power to draw from this science but he's just kind of almost pumping himself up for the next battle and he's calling it like his destiny or whatever and that's how the series ends with the mandarin kind of like pseudo defeated for the time being but i think this is a great intro to the mandarin um we already know about iron man we know where he comes from what his abilities are but to see his greatest foe the mandarin like the first time they fought he almost killed tony yeah that was pretty pretty badass i like how you know tony's kind of like this high and mighty guy he thinks a lot of himself and it's going to get torn down by this older power surprises him right and it's weird because like the mandarin's saying like it's machine versus magic whatever but he gets his powers from like aliens so like (laughs) it's not really magic either also he's not ancient he's like 50 years old right (laughs) so uh it's definitely like another portrayal of something that's not there like kind of like iron man 3 (laughs) yeah maybe maybe yeah but all in all it's, it's i think that the artwork is what really draws me to this book the because it's not trying to go for realism it can be really like abstract and like the motion and the action looks really like almost like deformed but still in the right proportion where like it's very animated yeah intense where things get a bit warped but that's just because of the angle and the flinging and speed of everything yeah. you can really feel that i like the story too i thought it was concise you know it's just a three-line story introducing this guy maybe there's no conclusion where somebody dies but mm-hmm. you feel like um it's a great intro to an idea and like it feels like there's gonna be this feud between the two of them for a long time right and it definitely felt feels shows how menacing the mandarin could be like he has his son like imprisoned and then you just use him as like a weapon and when he fails he like erases his memory and it's like i don't care about you at all now like you're even less of a something to me than you were before totally so the mandarin does not play no <laughs> And uh, I want to see how badass he is in the movie when uh, we see him in Shang-Chi. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty crazy to see that. Um, it's going to feel like, I think, this close to this interpretation of that character. I hope so. Yeah, because I think I think his father in the Shang-Chi is a different yeah. a character completely. And they're kind of just working it together and making it fit for the movie. Yeah, would you be pissed if, again, that was not the real Mandarin? <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think I genuinely <laughs> would be kind of mad at that. It's got to be... <laughs> All right, well, I hope you guys liked uh, Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. That's our first Iron Man story. Uh, You want to get into side stories? Yeah, let's do it. So I was strolling through my Netflix recommendeds, and I happened upon a new TV show that I kind of fell in love with right away. It's called Shadow and Bone on uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Yes, I saw the trailer for this. It's like a young adult fantasy novel turned TV show. Um, it's like this weird world where uh, magic exists, where there's magic users. They're like born into it where they can maybe shoot fire out of their hands or um, um, control shadows, things like that. It's kind of like... Mm, are there like um, lightning gods and <laughs> metal arm soldiers? No, just giant lizards and gorillas. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. None of that. They're, it's it's kind of like Harry Potter mixed with oh, okay. Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, Because there's no spells or books or wands. It's just like shooting out of your hands they can just do it yeah yeah so some of them can do that 
Um, the world is like 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 Prague, like Russian or Czech Republic kind of culture, but I think it's a fake world, right? Like the culture is like that, like the um, okay, like Eastern European. Yeah, but kind of more of the era of like uh, Anastasia, okay. like you know, like there's like crown princes and like the royalty are like mm, draped like in gold. Latveria. <laughs> no, no green clothes and iron suits. No, none of that. Um, okay. But it's like a, a war-torn world. And there's also this big magic thing. Uh, there's like this big wall of like shadowy cloud in the map that like divides the entire world, right? It's like a like a big wall, like so many stories high of the shadow and you can't see past it. So there's kind of this weird division between the map, right? And right. there are monsters in this big wall of shadow and people don't want to go in there. They don't want to... Uh, go past it. Some people are on the other side, though. They have like these airships that go past it every once in a while, and it's like the most dangerous and like experienced explorers go through the wall, right? So once you go through the wall and get to the other side, it's like another yeah, it's another city or whatever, another city, and there's it's still bustling over there and stuff, but it's like really hard to transport stuff, right? And we okay, our main character is a girl, Alina Starkov. She's like a teenager, and it's a young adult book, right? There's it's like twelve. Twilight, something like that, or or uh, Hunger Games, where there's like romance in it, and she's an orphan, and there's like a okay, there's chemistry between her and another orphan, and it's just the chemistry is just palpable. <laughs> it, it's a good show for that reason. Like, it's kind of, and then we can dig into like Twilight love triangle stuff later on as we get into it. Um, I think the other guy is like, is that, what's the name? Billy Russo from Punisher. That's the other orphan? No, the other third part of the love triangle. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a good show. I, I, I like it. Are the it. orphans on the like opposite sides of the wall? Um, there might be, but we're kind of centered around like the orphanage and like the story of these orphans on one side of the wall, like the bigger part, the bigger city in between the two cities. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. I mean, it, there's is it a like a Romeo magic. and Juliet with with magic. Uh, I'd say more like like uh, like Twilight or Hunger Games. Like it's uh, not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a it's a good show. I like it. It's Shadow and Bone. Um, if that sounds like your jam, fantasy, young adult stuff, it's more in line with that. Um, you said it's a show. How many episodes are, are there? Do you know? There are eight, I believe, and I'm only halfway. I've only watched four. Uh, I know. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm so, slowing down, but yeah. So you've seen four. Do you really think it's a good show? Like, yeah, I think it is. You really invested in the story and the characters. I am with my taste, <laughs> with what I bring to the table. I don't know if other people will. <laughs> um yeah it's also like a fairly recent young adult thing like 2012 so it's not like an old story okay I, I have seen the trailer and I have seen a lot of people posting that it's good and they like it so I might check it out yeah I like it uh apparently it's a trilogy that's kind of already done but just came out like in yeah in April good show mm, okay is that um guy the guy from Punisher uh is he a good actor in this um I think so I think yeah I think he's a good actor it it takes a while for us to like him because he's kind of like this kind of mean kind of guy um okay but i think the the highlight is more the the other two the uh, alina starkoff and like the other orphan guy i can't remember his name but those two are um, my favorite part as far as like the magic and the special effects how does that pan out does it stack up pretty good or it's good enough we're we talking moral combat or king kong <laughs> Uh, I think it's like on par with those two. Like it's oh with well, which one? Because one is good and one is not so good. So it's more like Mortal Kombat. You're saying? No, I'm saying it's more like Godzilla and Kong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really good, amazing. Realistic. 
over the top, not necessary. Gigantic. Versus right realistic. Realistic. You could see it in your in, right in front of you. It's so believable. Real. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I I think I will check it out. I I saw it on my radar, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, I like it. It's uh maybe a childish story, but it's it's good. It's good. Shadow and Bone. <laughs> How about you? Uh, what you what you got for side stories this time around? Um, I watched on Amazon Prime. Uh, what's it called? Without Remorse. <laughs> what? It, oh, yeah. Okay. Starring Michael B. Jordan, and it is a Tom Clancy spy action military espionage movie. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the trailer? to this because once i saw the trailer i was like i'm watching this movie i have seen the trailer for it and to be honest with the trailer i was lukewarm really because it reminds me of like those 90s action movies where it's like a man with nothing to lose kind of like on a mission going rogue (laughs) like all the tom clancy things like uh (laughs) right yes yeah um yeah but it stars michael b jordan uh i don't want to spoil too much because it literally just came out over the weekend but he's like this elite navy seal kind of guy who gets involved in um kind of like a messed up mission where he has to uh now get revenge for what happened after the mission because the mission gets screwed up and uh it's i think it's a pretty good movie it's not a perfect movie um but i i do like it a lot and i think the action is is pretty good there's some like cliches some things that are like too obvious yeah some things are like oh i can't trust this guy but we're on the same side and like i still have to keep an eye on him kind of thing um but in the end like in the end the action's good but the story is predictable yeah it seemed a bit painted by the numbers you know right man uh with nothing to lose at this point uh, yeah it's exactly what it is uh and it's pretty good if you like that kind of stuff i i say it's worth watching once if you like action movies of, of that kind um i really like the reacher movies is it jack reacher jack reacher with tom cruise yeah those are pretty good uh, it's a little like that maybe more action and um less of like like investigating because Jack Reacher is like this pseudo lawyer kind of investigator Detective. for the military guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or this is like, he is like a, almost like a military assassin who's now like out of the military and he has to do it on himself by himself. Right. Like a, a black ops. And then uh, yeah. I know in the trailer, uh, he goes like to prison at a certain point. So right. Really and that scene is pretty cool. Okay. And like, he reaches a point where like, I'll do whatever I have to do. Like he does things that the military can't do. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he just like gives answers to, uh, I don't want to ruin the story, but like, it's essentially that the guy has like no limits now. And he's like the super trained military killer. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the born thing. Like, does he, is he, sure. his born, the action is, is, is it a lot like that? Is it oh my that, God. is it Jason? Uh, <laughs> is it is it on par with that or is it not um no i mean jason Bourne's choreography is like the best yeah and i was hoping for that i was hoping for like a john wick style action but it's not they're going for a more realistic approach to it um but nonetheless it's still cool still reminds me of like those 90s action movies and i would still recommend it to watch at least once um Michael B. Jordan does not hesitate to ever take his shirt off in this movie. <laughs> Happens multiple times. Okay. So if that's what you're going for, you'll get plenty of that. <laughs> but overall, I would give the movie an eight and a half, maybe. Eight and a half? Okay, that's pretty high up there. You know, you know the thing is, Michael G. B. Jordan is a great actor. Yes. But I don't know if I could believe him as this kind of like at the bottom, like where he's just like so, just so down that he just is like just so animal, like just going at it now, you know? That's when I'm, I'm like... This, I don't know if it's going to be believable watching it. Well, he's still, like, trained well. So he's oh, yeah. not, like, just crazy. But, yeah, he, he's, like, 
there's a, one thing where in the movie I'll spoil a little bit where things go to crap and everyone else on his team is like trying to just get out of the situation and he like goes into it deeper because he doesn't care if he dies oh. he just needs to get this done okay okay I can get behind that, that sounds like a cool guy <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, t- I like Tom Clancy stuff. I actually read one of his books. And I was like, oh, well, I was really satisfied with that. I don't read that many books that have no pictures in them. But <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, if you like Tom Clancy's books or or some of his movies, check this out because there's an Easter egg oh. at the end that alludes to something that is a very cool Tom Clancy thing. So if you like that, watch the movie and check it out. I like that. Okay. Funny enough about the uh, Tom Clancy book I read, it was like the start of the internet and the way they talked about the internet. It was so like like an idiot talking <laughs> about it, which is kind of took me out of it a bit. But just a little note, it was it was a fun fun read when I did read it. All right. <laughs> Um, another thing I also finished this week was Invincible oh yeah on Amazon Prime I finished the whole first season they also announced that they're gonna renew it for a second and a third season and um, yeah I, I remember we were bagging on it before yeah it's pretty good. I'll take everything back. It finished strong. I didn't. I didn't catch up yet. It finished as good as it started, and it started good. Yeah, nice. Um, there's some things that I think are like they're trying to bring like live action emotion to a cartoon hmm. that doesn't work for me sometimes, but. That's not why you're going to Invincible. You're going to see the superhero stuff. So, and that stuff, it's very good. Yeah, it really doesn't hold back with the with the action and the goriness a bit, right? No, you kind of no, yeah. And and there's some twists and turns that you don't see coming. So, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say if you've seen the first episode, you're gonna want to finish the season. Yeah, I'd say that too. Tune into our our episode about it too. The the show moves a lot faster than the comic, actually. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that is all I have for side stars. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that's it for me yeah all right cool guys if you haven't already please subscribe to the reader copy podcast that way you won't miss either of our shows and we'll be back on monday with the reader copy recap where we'll be doing the first two episodes of jupiter's legacy that's coming out this friday on netflix so check out those episodes and follow along with us on the reader copy recap for sure figure out if josh dubmel's wig is believable on our recap show uh yeah i'm still not believing it not believing it no it does not exist um but you can find <laughs> this on all of our social medias at the reader copy podcast instagram facebook and twitter all right guys i hope you enjoyed our first installment of iron may and we're going to continue on for the rest of may with more great iron man comic books until then daniel why don't you hit him with the outro if you like what we had to say about the book pick it up and read your copy bye guys later days <laughs> I'm gonna put it in play